On today's episode, we take a look at everyone's favorite unarmed combatant, the monk. Hello and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters, a podcast discussing everything Star Wars 5e. My name is Todd, I've got Tegan here, and we're looking forward to jumping into hyperspace with you. Let's go! Hello everyone and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters Podcast, episode 28. Tegan, how are you doing today? Yeah, doing pretty well. Just found out that Squadrons came out, so just actually downloaded it on my, or working to download it on my PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I actually hopped in a little bit. Uh, so we're recording this Friday, so uh, that's the release date of the game. And uh, yeah, I hopped in a little bit this morning. Uh, so far, liking it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Good addition to the Star Wars uh, game library, for sure. So, first off for us, a few announcements and whatnot. Uh, first, we'd like to thank everyone, uh, all of our followers and supporters and whatnot, including a few new Patreons. Uh, we have Lucas, Douglas, and Zach. Thank you very much for your support there. This week, as well, is our release of our monthly custom NPC. So, we will have two custom NPCs that we're releasing this month uh, that will be tied into a custom adventure uh, next month. Definitely looking forward to these two NPCs as well as the upcoming adventure as uh, they're going to take some inspiration from the upcoming new season of The Mandalorian later this month. So keep an eye out for that. Beyond that, of course, thank you to everyone else, uh, followers and whatnot. Uh, check us out, DungeonJediMasters.com, for all of our content. And I think that's everything on our end. Uh, Tegan, we, there is a new archetype out there. for uh, what, uh, what class is that for, actually? I'm pretty sure this is for the, the Sentinel class. Not the Sentinel, sorry, the Scout class. Scout class, Obviously, that makes the, sense. Uh, the, the, the equation. Uh, but this one's pretty sweet. Uh, it's uh, the teleportion, techni teleportion technique. Uh, so this is going to be a good one if you really want to be able to kind of zip around the battlefield. Uh, where you get a level three, you get two kind of cool options. Uh, when you... Uh, Got to get to level three. You get that personal teleporter, uh, which is going to allow you to, as a bonus action, uh, use the teleportation system, uh, which will allow you to move up to thirty feet away in an unoccupied space. Uh, so pretty nice there. It's going to let you kind of zip around a little bit easier and without having to use tech points to to cast like uh, one of the other like, uh, what they call translocation or one of the other teleportation spells. Uh, but this is just going to kind of open up a portal. It allows uh, other creatures and objects to pass through it as well. So this way you can bring your party with you too. Uh, it just really gives some cool features and gives some really nice battlefield options uh, that you'll be able to open up with it too. Uh, nice thing too is you get the mark of the teleporter at level three as well. So when you deal damage to a, a target of your ranger's quarry, and either yourself or the weapon uh, have passed through a portal on this turn, uh, when you roll below half maximum damage, you can treat the rolls if you rolled half the maximum damage on the damage die. Uh, so kind of a good way to put it, if you've got a weapon that does a D10 in damage and you rolled a four, uh, you could treat it like you did a five in that damage from the other damage die. 
Uh, so pretty cool way to make sure you're at least doing some consistent damage to it, uh, as well as uh, getting some cool battlefield control options. Very nice. Sounds like a good addition. We have a couple new Dungeon Jedi Master spotlights out there. As always, thank you so much for those submissions. First up, I have uh, Dusty157. So they have been DMing for one year. Uh, they've been playing for five years uh, within traditional 5e, Star Wars 5e, Pathfinder, Starfinder, and looks like uh, some Star Wars Edge of the Empire, the FFG system. So good spread there uh, with games that they've played. Uh, their campaign name is Tempest Feud, so that's something I'm very familiar with. Uh, and their campaign description says that uh, they're using their player's backstory plus uh, their own creations, so probably some homebrew. And it says instead of being hired to get info from the huts, they work for the huts and are getting into the meat of the Tempest Feud campaign. So pretty cool there. Uh, the length of the campaign is one year, and they started at level one. They're now at eight. There's five players. So that's cool. Uh, just with my experience with Tempest Feud, I know that that's a little bit, it's, it's a shorter campaign module, if you will. And so uh, it'd be cool. It's cool that someone's taken this and expanded that uh, quite substantially here, you know, going for a year. So very cool, dusty one. Thank you. Tegan, I'll throw it over to you for the other one. Definitely. So this campaign is run by uh, Tobox Budley. Uh, so they've uh, played through a couple 5e adventures and just started DMing with Star Wars 5e. So welcome to the hobby. Uh, with uh, Their campaign name is Spectre of the Sith. So basically what this is, it's a group of young Jedi during the Clone Wars. Uh, uh, they're attempting to thwart uh, a Sith cult who is trying to resurrect an ancient Sith Lord. Uh, but shortly afterwards, are blindsided by Order 66. Uh, can a Jedi uncover the mysteries of the Force dimension and use its powers to travel back in time uh, and stop Palpatine before the Jedi are destroyed? So it sounds pretty cool. Got some cool time travel elements in it, too. And uh, it's a, definitely an interesting one uh, so far. Uh, so 11 sessions so far with a four to five hour session. So some good length on the sessions, too. Uh, and they've got uh, five members uh, at level four currently. Definitely sounds like an interesting one. Yeah, that's a couple couple things kind of to touch on with that. So first off, the time travel is very cool. It gives you have like an existing event that happened, and then you you know you're almost reverse engineering it, trying to figure out those. So that's a great concept to use. Um, the session length, I think that's another interesting thing. Uh, I'm glad that they pointed that out because I know. I think uh, I run, Tegan, I know you generally run about three hours. Uh, it's probably the sweet spot. Um, so it'd be interesting to, to hear, uh, you know, how other people, what, what people, what's an ideal session length for people out there. So it's one of those ones, because uh, especially if you do kind of a weekly or a bi-weekly sessions, th three hours works perfectly. But with uh, one of my other groups, so, uh, actually I'm a player and for just traditional D&D, um, we do do the five-hour sessions, but we usually only meet about once a month. Uh, and I think for kind of those ones where you're not making this frequently, those longer sessions are nice because you can really mm -hmm. dig into it and uh, you don't kind of feel like you have the clock constantly ticking against you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. On my on my biweekly game, Tempest Feud, we do four hours. So you get that extra hour and that just kind of helps you get a little bit more material out of it. So, yeah, definitely uh, reasons for all of that. Thanks to both of you guys for uh, some, your submissions. I uh, love to hear about your campaigns and everyone else. Uh, links are still out there if you want to submit your own if you haven't yet. And we'll keep trucking through these. So thank you. Uh, with that, I think we can get into our topic of the day. Today we are doing a spotlight on the monk class. 
Uh, definitely a great, uh, great class in the system. Uh, Tegan, I know one of your favorites. The let's see, the, looking at the calendar here. Uh, so this is coming out on the sixth. So last week, uh, the 29th is when the new update came out, and so we are going to reflect those changes in this class spotlight. Uh, so this should be up to date for the most part. We will be doing a, an episode coming up, uh, going over all those changes. So start, uh, Tegan. I guess I'll throw it over to you. We can start this. Uh, this spotlight on the monk, uh, starting with our core features. Tell us, you know, just at base level, what we get, uh, some of the proficiencies and things like that. Definitely. And, and as you mentioned, uh, Monk has gotten some great changes with the new uh, kind of update to the PHB and kind of part of why we wanted to do it. Uh, it's always been one of my favorite classes, uh, but especially uh, with some of the cool features that some of the other classes got, it didn't seem to shine as much, but they've kind of really fixed that with the, some of the new additions. And uh, really, you can do some sweet stuff with the Monk now. Uh, so yeah, we'll kind of start off at the base level. Uh, so monks, uh, they're a D8 hit class. Uh, so decent amount of health there, a little less than some of the frontliners, but you get a lot of cool abilities to back it up. Uh, you also, uh, so you have no armor proficiencies, uh, you're a monk, you're not going to traditionally be wearing any gear unless you take some of the new vows or one of the archetypes. Uh, with weapons, you're going to get simple blasters, simple vibra weapons, uh, as well as chakrams and tech blades. Uh, and then with this class, you don't start off with any tools. Nice thing, though, is you get some good saving throws, so you get dexterity uh, as well as strength. Uh, and for your skills, you can pick from anything between acrobatics, athletics, insight, lore, perception, and stealth. Uh, so kind of a good baseline for you there. You get some good options to really open it up. Uh, but the big things are where we get level one. Uh, the nice part with this is that some of the new changes they've made to the martial arts feature that just really kind of really open it up. Uh, so I just got to go through some of the base stuff, and then I'll talk about the new features as well with that. Uh, so kind of base martial arts, uh, you start off with a D4. So any attack you use using your martial arts ability uh, will do a D4 in damage plus uh, dexterity or strength, your choice on that one. Uh, most monks are going to gear towards dexterity, though. Uh, so the nice thing with that is it gives you some good options with it. Uh, biggest thing though, they've changed a little bit. So uh, actually, we'll kind of touch on that first for us. Uh, so with this, if you do a regular attack action, you can do like so attack with one of your monk weapons. Uh, you're able to make a bonus action on arm strike. So one of the cool things with the monks is they get so much action economy. Uh, you're able to make a lot of attacks even at level one. Uh, so while most classes are still stuck at that one uh, one attack, you're able to get two in. Uh, the nice thing with uh, the updates, though, is a few changes they've made to how martial arts worked. With the other uh, kind of traditional D&D, and even with the old Star Wars 5e system, uh, you would not be able to just use the martial arts ability to dash or disengage on your bonus action. Uh, you'd have had to use your key points to do uh, either step of the wind or uh, patient defense. Uh, but now that comes automatically level one with martial arts. So if you decide you'd rather get out of there and get some distance on it, you can just dash without having to worry about using your focus points uh, and kind of wasting some of your resources on it. So one of my favorite changes there. The other cool things that just really opens it up to the build and just really kind of makes you you feel like a little bit more of a martial artist, in my opinion, uh, is that they've allowed you now to use dexterity instead of strength uh, when you make athletics checks. 
uh, to grapple, shove, or trip a creature. Uh, so if you wanted to make a monk who's all about uh, kind of wrestling and grappling people up, you never ha don't have to worry about having to kind of put too many points into strength now. You can just max out your dexterity, and you'll be able to kind of wrap people up, knock them down, and uh, just really kind of move them all over the battlefield. So one of my favorite changes so far. Yeah, absolutely. Nice, nice to have that, you know, I guess flexibility, if you want to call it that, and just... Uh, just builds up the the core flavor of the class, I think, uh, for sure. Definitely, and especially because monks are already because you have to balance to uh, between your wisdom, charisma, or depending on which way you go. And that's something we'll mention in a second. Uh, but you've got dexterity, and then you either have wisdom or charisma. They've got to balance out. Uh, I love that change to the athletics portion because it just makes you. It, you don't have to focus on too many stats now because before if you wanted a grappling monk you'd have to throw strength in that mix and it just makes everything a little bit more difficult right uh but that kind of moves on to the the next piece uh unarmored defense and one of the nice differences with star wars 5e compared to uh traditional 5e uh is that with monks you're able to rather than have wisdom always be your base uh, your second base stat you can choose between wisdom or charisma uh so it just kind of opens up some doors there so if you wanted to make a more charismatic monk uh versus uh, kind of the traditional wise uh, all-seeing monk you're able to do that with this system uh so with unarmored defense dexterity Dexterity is going to be your core stat, but then you can say, hey, I'd rather add my uh, wisdom modifier or my charisma modifier to it. Uh, and basically with that equation, you just add 10 plus your dexterity uh, and then that secondary modifier, whether it be wisdom or charisma, uh, and that'll be your AC. So nice thing with monks is you're already going to have your... your always going to be kind of equipped up or armored up in a sense uh so you can never really be caught surprised because you got your fist if you get uh kind of caught in the middle of the night by an attack and you're always uh dexterous so you're always able to kind of see those attacks coming and uh have that high ac so monks really can't be taken by surprise which is nice absolutely definitely uh, definitely one of the big features of that class um Coming up is probably the next biggest feature of the class, the focus points. Uh, anyone familiar with the monk understands what these are, but uh, this is a great uh, system for some additional things, uh, kind of on with those uh, bonus actions you talked about. Definitely, and there have been a few changes, too, to kind of the, the traditional features with that, so I'll touch on that. Uh, focus points, though, fairly easy. Uh, it's just going to be you have your level, uh, monk level, and focus points. So if you're a level 5 monk, you've got 5 focus points, so it keeps it pretty simple there. Uh, and with focus points, you're going to kind of fuel some of your cool monk abilities. Uh, so we'll kind of go through uh, the list. Of this list. They didn't add any new options for the focus points but they've changed some of those old ones uh so i kind of key into where they've changed it so the big one where a lot of their monks usually spend their key points on or focus points on uh is uh the flurry of blows ability uh which basically allows you to make a second bonus action unarmed strike uh on your attack uh so during your turn uh so versus just doing that regular attack and then an unarmed strike uh when you spend that focus point you can make a regular attack and two unarmed strikes uh and that starts at level two so that's great for some of those lower level player characters because you're going to get in some great uh you're going to be able to attack a lot more more than some of the other classes at that level and just really give you some more opportunities to kind of get in uh, whoever you're fighting face. Uh, one of the big differences, though, so that's just kind of how traditional 5e works, but with uh, Star Wars 5e and the recent changes, uh, they've actually allowed you to, at level 11, uh, you're going to be able to spend two key points or focus points, uh, and you'll be able to make 
three bonus action unarmed strikes. Uh, so that bump you up to five uh, five attacks at that level total. So just really kind of cool. It recognizes that the monks are just a, kind of a high striking class, uh, and this really kind of gives you a little bit of extra bonus uh, at those higher levels. The other uh, two big ones, uh, so we've got Step of the Wind, uh, which is nice. Uh, this is going to, since kind of a little caveat with this one, so remember with martial arts now, with the new changes, you get dash as a free bonus action, so you don't have to worry about spending the, uh, the focus point to dash, but if you do spend that focus point while you're dashing, uh, initially, that'll give you double your jump, jump distance, uh, so if you had to jump to something high or jump across something, this is a great way to spend that focus point and get rid of that obstacle, uh, and pretty sweet at level 11 now, if you spend two focus points, you'll get a flying speed that's equal to your walking speed. Uh, so you'll be kind of a little flying monk, uh, being able to kind of cruise around the battlefield, which uh, would be pretty sweet at that level. The last big one with this uh, is patient defense. Uh, so with this one, uh, you spend a focus point, uh, and if you've used the disengage option as your bonus action, so that kind of comes from that martial arts ability, you'd be able to spend a bonus point, and it'll allow you to dodge while you're disengaging, too. Uh, so you'll be able to do both at the same time. So if you need to get away from somebody and want to make sure, too, that they're just not going to be able to land a hit on you after you kind of get some distance between you, uh, you'll be able to do that and be able to still dodge on your bonus action. A uh, nice thing with this, too, is at level 11, if you spend two focus points, uh, you'll be able to gain an additional reaction. Uh, so if you're going to be kind of guarding an area, or if you took one of the vows that lets you strike back uh, after somebody hits you, or if you know somebody's going to be shooting at you a good bit, uh, and you want to do some catch missiles on them, uh, this is a great option to have that and just really open up your reaction game, too. Very nice. And I, I do believe, uh, so those are the core focus point uh, features for the class. And then uh, I do believe that many of the archetypes will give you some other options. Um, nothing that we're going to probably break down specifically in this, but uh, you know, definitely be aware of that and check those out because that's a great feature of the system for sure. Definitely. As a monk, you'll be running off key, and a lot of the archetypes give you some cool key uses that you can use to really just kind of enhance your monk in different ways. So the next big thing you get at level two is uh, the vow monastic vows. So these are brand new. So these are kind of uh, envisioned as, uh, Todd, do you remember what those warlock abilities are called? I could not uh, tell you, no. I am blanking in there. I something. Uh, basically, the warlock abilities. Uh, so you get them at level two, and you're able to uh, kind of enhance certain features about your build. It adds a lot of customizations. There's no two warlocks play the same. Uh, this has been added into both uh, the monks, uh, barbarians, and operative classes, uh, just to make sure that nobody feels like they're kind of playing the cookie cutter version. You thinking uh, of so uh, invocations? Yes, invocations. Okay. I knew his eyes something, but could not pull it together. <laughs> uh, so, so those are kind of based off those warlock invocations. Uh, so now the monk has some good kind of customization options as well. Uh, there's a lot in here, a lot of cool options. Uh, some of them are uh, level restricted. Uh, I'm not going to go through all of them. I'm just going to touch on a few of my favorites I've saw that could really just give you some cool opportunities. Um, one of my favorites is the first one, uh, the Vow of Deflection. This is going to be good, especially if you know you're going to be dodging a lot, or if, you could, or if you've got some good stats in there and have a higher AC. Uh, but basically what this will allow you to do uh, is you'll be able to divert uh, an attack when you are a friendly creature within five feet or hit by a melee weapon. Uh, so 
basically, uh, if you get hit, you can take this uh, reaction, uh, and when you do so, uh, you can roll a d10 plus your dexterity modifier plus your monk level, uh, and you'll reduce the damage by that amount. Uh, so this one won't let you strike back, but if you really wanted to play kind of a defensive monk, uh, this is going to let you kind of keep that damage off you. And monks have a little bit less HP, too, sometimes, so this is always a good way to help uh, mitigate that damage, too. Another big one, Vow of Devoted. Uh, this basically gives you some force casting, and actually a decent bit of force casting, uh, but allows you to use your force casting through your focus points. Uh, so basically it treats you like a third level or a third caster, so you can get up to fourth level casting uh, and you get a couple powers. And so this is kind of a good way if you wanted to get a little bit of force casting, but you didn't want to do the AT archetype uh, as your uh, main focus. So it just allows you to free it up a little bit and still get some more options. Another big one I like, Vow Fate. This is restricted to level 7, uh, but basically it gives you your own little portent die. Uh, so you roll a d20, uh, you record the number rolled, uh, and before you finish your uh, short or long rest, you can replace any uh, attack roll, saving throw, ability check uh, made by you or another creature within 5 feet with what you rolled. Uh, so especially with Stunning Strike, this can be a cool combo, because uh, if you, you want to do Stunning Strike, you want to make sure somebody's stunned and you rolled low, you can use it there. Or if you had a high roll and you wanted to make sure you hit somebody, you can throw it in there too. So cool feature, and the nice thing is you get it after a short rest too, so uh, you can get some major use out of this. So we're going to skip ahead a little bit. Uh, ones I wanted to focus on, too, because it gave some cool options if you wanted to switch up your monk stats a little bit. Uh, so we'll touch on the Vow of Metal and Vow of the Mortal. Uh, so these are two things that will change your base stat for your unarmored defense. Uh, so let's say you wanted to have a, a strong monk versus uh, somebody that's wise or charismatic. You can use strength uh, instead of your for determining your unarmored defense instead of wisdom or charisma. Uh, so you could just really focus on dexterity and strength as your prime stats. Same thing with Vow of the Mortal. Uh, you're actually able to use Constitution instead of wisdom or charisma. Uh, so strength would be not one I lean to too much, but for Constitution with monks having lower HP, this could be a cool way to get around that without having to sacrifice your AC at all. So sweet one there. Yeah, definitely be be cool to build up, uh, you know, a little bit more tanky monk, and you know they're likely going to be a little bit on the front line anyway. So that's a great feature. Definitely one of my favorites. Uh, there are some other cool ones too, but the only last two big ones I'm going to focus on are the um, vow of the spirit and the vow of the versatile. Oh, sorry, it was vow of the spirit, uh, vow of serenity, and vow of the versatile. These are some pretty cool ones, and Vow of the Serenity is one I'd recommend for almost any monk. Uh, basically, what that's going to allow you to do, uh, Vow of Serenity will allow you to increase your focus points by up to half of your Charisma or Wisdom modifier rounded up. Uh, so that's going to give you a decent bit, at least two or three uh, more focus points you can play with. Uh, and especially for when you get to Stunning Strike or even just your uh, Flurry of Blows, uh, this is going to let you stay in the game longer and just really get some more use out of your focus points. So a great one to check out. Vow of the Spirit is cool too, especially if you mix it with Vow of uh, the Serenity. This is going to allow you to be a little bit more single stat dependent. Uh, you're still going to, uh, basically what it does is it allows you to use your choice of Wisdom or Charisma uh, instead of Dexterity for the attack and damage rolls for your unarmed strikes and weapons. So this would allow you, if you just wanted to go all in on your Wisdom or Charisma, uh, which 
will be kind of your big determining factors when you're going over like your stunning strike DC and things like that, uh, as well as your uh, focus points if you went with Vile of the Serenity, uh, and just make that your prime stat. So a cool one to check out and allows you to be a little, just a little more single stat dependent. You'll have to worry about your dexterity for AC, uh, but you don't have to invest in it as much. Uh, and the last one is a great one, especially if you wanted to have a good striker for your um, bunk. Um, it gives you the vow of the versatile. So versus having to make an unarmed strike when you do your martial arts or your flurry of blows, you can instead make a weapon attack with a monk weapon you're wielding. Uh, so if you've got a spear as a monk versus having to sacrifice that D8 uh, and go down to D4 uh, or 6, whatever your level is, you can use that D8 for each strike that you make using this vow. Very nice. That's a excellent addition there, depending on depending on the build you're trying to go for. So um, those vows are, are a great addition, plenty of excellent options there. So and of course, we didn't touch on them all. So be sure to look those over and see uh, what fits for you. All right. So uh, with those vows out of the way, being a, a big feature here, kind of getting to the rest of this, I think uh, move up to uh, level three features and whatnot. Uh, what do we got from there and beyond? Perfect. Level three. Uh, so that's one of the changes to with the monk. Uh, unarmored movement got moved to level three versus the uh, usual level two. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Uh, but level three, you get that plus 10 feet of movement. Uh, you can check out the monk table. It increases uh, as you progress through the class and you just get faster and faster. Uh, one of the nice things with monks is they can pretty much just zip around the battlefield. Uh, so that's, this is what allows you to do that. Uh, level nine with unarmored defense unarmored movement, uh, you're actually able to run up walls, walk across water, uh, just do some pretty cool monk stuff. The other, uh, and level three is a big level for monks, you get three different things. Uh, you also get deflect missiles, uh, which is pretty sweet, especially in Star Wars, where you're going to have more people shooting at you than traditional 5e. Uh, but basically what this will allow you to do is whenever you're hit by a ranged weapon attack, uh, you can do uh, reduce it by 1d10 plus your dex mod plus your monk level. Nice thing with this one, though, is if you reduce it uh, to zero and the damage is kinetic energy or ion, you can redirect it uh, at another target if you're wielding a weapon that's capable of doing so. All you have to do is spend one focus point and you can send it back uh, as part of that same reaction. Uh, so especially with Star Wars, you're going to get a lot more use out of this and be a cool little defensive feature. This is also, too, where you get to pick your subtype or your uh, sub-archetype or your monastic order. Uh, so we'll touch on those a little bit later as well, but you get, to kind of get some cool options with that, too. So we're kind of moving on from there to level four. Uh, you get your uh, ABI improvement. One of the nice things, too, with the recent changes uh, is now that Monk will also get a level 10 ABI improvement or ability score improvement. Uh, so uh, it gives you a little extra there, gives you another feed or uh, some extra points to work with, too. And especially with Monk's being a little bit multi-ability uh, dependent, that's kind of a great way to help round out the, the Monk. Next big thing you get, uh, level four as well, uh, you get the slow fall ability. Uh, so if you're ever falling, you can use reaction to reduce the damage by five times your monk level. Uh, so usually that's going to save you from a decent bit of that damage because usually it's D6 per 10, uh, 10 feet. So uh, this way you can just do some kind of graceful monk falling and uh, just make sure you're not taking any damage from it. Moving on, and uh, monks just get kind of a nice thing with monks too. It's one of the reasons it's hard to multi-class monks is you just get so many different things at each level. Uh, so it just really kind of helps round out the class. Uh, so level five is another big level for monks. Uh, with this level, you're uh, 
unarmed strike die or monk weapon die moves up to a d6. Uh, you also get extra attack, uh, moving your attacks up to, if you spend a focus point, to four attacks per turn. Uh, so some pretty sweet damage you can put out there. Uh, but you also get like the monk's crowning ability, stunning strike. This is one of those ones where can be a game changer if used right. Uh, my favorite ability for the monks. Uh, basically what this allows you to do is if you spend a focus point after hitting with a successful attack, it has to be a melee attack, but it can be a weapon or an unarmed strike, uh, whatever it is, uh, you're able to spend a focus point and attempt to stunning strike them. Basically what this will be, so it's going to be a DC based off of 8 plus your proficiency modifier plus either your wisdom or charisma modifier. Uh, so kind of another good reason to bump up the wisdom or charisma just to make sure you're getting that best save you can for it. Uh, and they'll have to make a constitution saving throw. Uh, and if they fail it, they're stunned until the end of your next turn. Uh, so this is great for bosses, great for uh, even just some of those mooks, because if they're stunned, you've got advantage to hit. They automatically fail dexterity and strength saving throws. Uh, it could really be a game changer in, uh, in any battle it comes up in. Definitely one uh, save some of your focus points on uh, when you get that ability. So uh, with level six, uh, you get uh, enhanced strikes, uh, which basically turn your unarmed strikes uh, as count as enhanced uh, for the purposes of overcoming resistance or immunity. Uh, so kind of another cool feature of the monk, you don't have to worry about having a enhanced or magical weapon. You can just kind of go right in with your fist uh, and they're going to encounter it as enhanced for overcoming any of those resistances. After level six, it slows down a little bit. Actually, level seven, it slows down a bit. But level seven, you get one of the other kind of big features with monks. Uh, so definitely one I don't recommend. Uh, Multi-class, and at least until you get to level seven, uh, this is going to allow you to get invasion, uh, evasion for the monk, which is going to allow you to uh, make a dexterity saving throw. Uh, so if you've gets hit by an explosion or force storm or whatever is causing you to make that dexterity throw, uh, if you succeed, you take no damage. If you fail, you only take half damage. Uh, so as I mentioned, monks don't have a ton of HP, so this is going to be a game changer for you because uh, dexterity is one of your core saving throws as well as probably your prime stat. Uh, so a lot of times you'll be able to dodge out of the way uh, and take no damage from uh, when these opportunities pop up for you. Also at level seven, uh, you get stillness of mind, which allows you to use your action or bonus action to end one effect on yourself that is causing you to be either charmed or frightened. So kind of a cool way just to throw that off and you don't have to do another saving throw. So if you're fighting the ATAT and they've uh, cast a uh, frightening presence on you and you're afraid, burn a bonus action, you can just get that right off of you. Last big thing, so we've got a uh, level 13, uh, which is purity of body. Uh, so nothing too crazy on this one, but it does make you immune to disease and poison uh, and resistant to poison damage. So it's going to kind of cut that damage down for you. So it gives you some cool features there. The big one for level 14, so the, kind of the monks, one of the cooler features for high level play uh, is you get proficiency in all saving throws. Uh, so you'll be proficient in every saving throw, able to add that bonus to it. Nice thing too is if you fail a saving throw, you can spend one focus point and re-roll it, taking the second result. So cool feature there. Uh, High-level mugs are hard to pin down with any magic or uh, even breath weapons or things like that because between evasion and uh, diamond soul, they're usually able to succeed where a lot of other classes will fail. Another big one, though, this one doesn't come up too often in most campaigns, but just kind of a little cool flavor option. 
timeless vessel. Uh, so basically at level 15, you will no longer suffer the frailty of old age uh, and you can't be aged abnormally. Uh, so kind of a cool feature if you wanted to, if you played a high level game, wanted to build just kind of that classic old monk uh, who's still able to throw down, uh, this is a good way to do it. Um, also, uh, when you complete a short rest, you're able to expend one hit die to remove a level of exhaustion or slowed. Kind of a cool feature if you get exhausted, you can use your short rest to get back in the game. Getting close to the last two abilities, uh, so you've got the level 18 ability, Empty Mind, or sorry, Empty Body, uh, which allows you to spend four focus points, uh, making you invisible for a minute. During that, you also have resistant resistance to every damage type but force so this one's pretty sweet uh, you can go invisible make it hard for anybody to hit you as well as giving you advantage on your attacks uh, and if anybody does kind of find a way to hit you uh, you're going to be resistant to the damage uh, and then you get the kind of the monk's crowning ability perfect self at level 20 uh, which is going to give you uh, an increase of two to both your dexterity or wisdom and charisma uh, you're able to increase those maximums past 20 so this will bump you up to 22 on that side uh, so if you're at 22 for both dexterity and wisdom uh, you would have an ac of uh, 22 with that uh, which would be pretty sick uh, it'll be very hard to hit with that uh, the nice thing too is uh, when you do this and if you roll initiative and have fewer than six focus points remaining you get an extra six focus points. Uh, so this is kind of a good way at low, high level play just to keep you up and running and make sure you've got those focus points to do all your cool stuff. Very nice. Those are, uh, as we know, you know, the high level stuff uh, gets pretty crazy and uh, some cool features there. Overall, the base features of the Monk, uh, you know, they have a lot of stuff and, uh, you know, seem pretty well-rounded and, and uh, you know, for the battlefield, absolutely. Let's get into uh, the subclasses, the archetypes uh, for the monk. There's uh, lots of good options here uh, that those offer as well. So if you want to uh, start running through those. Definitely. I won't spend too much time on these ones. I'm just going to kind of give you a core piece of it. Uh, so uh, starting off with the Crimson Order, which is now part of the, uh, the PHB monk classes. You get the Crimson Armaments. Uh, so this is going to be good if you wanted to have a monk who uh, would wear armor. Uh, so this would allow you to get proficiency in both light and medium armor. So uh, and you'll still be able to do unarmed strikes and uh, unarmored uh, movement. So you get all the cool benefits from it, too. It also just allows you to rely a little bit less on your wisdom or charisma, so you can kind of focus on dexterity if you'd like to. Uh, you can also choose one weapon, too, that you can kind of uh, focus on, and that'll become a monk weapon for you. So if you wanted to pick a uh, kind of like a vibro saber or a vibro sword or one of the higher tier martial weapons, you can pick that, and as long as you're focused on that individual weapon, you'll be able to use it as if it's a monk weapon. So it'll give you a little bit extra DPS with it, too. Uh, so they get some cool features as they progress, but the uh, armor is a big piece for it and kind of that additional weapon uh, and definitely kind of some cool flavor along with the class too. Um, one of my favorites, especially with the recent changes, uh, is the Achani class. Uh, so this is the uh, Achani one. Uh, what this gives you uh, at level three is the Achani weapons, which allows you to pick one martial vibro weapon and one martial blaster, uh, and those both become monk weapons for you, uh, which could be pretty sweet because you get a little bit of extra damage with them. Uh, if you go this way, 
try to check out Valve the Versatile. This will allow you to, uh, like I already touched on that one, but basically let you switch out your unarmed strikes from monk weapons. Uh, so you could pick a vibro sword or a sniper rifle uh, and be able to make all your weapons attacks. Uh, even the unarmed strikes and flurry of blows uh, using that monk weapon. So cool, it can give you some extra damage and just some extra versatility uh, that, that you could usually don't have available to you. Next big one for the PHP classes uh, is the uh, the Murakai class. Uh, this is going to get you the first uh, the focus enhanced strike ability, uh, which will allow you to spend a focus point uh, and be able to add uh, an extra d6 to the damage. Uh, so you could basically uh, forces them to or sorry extra two d6 to the damage. Uh, it, forces the creature when you spend that focus point on an unarmed strike or monk weapon uh, they have to make a strength saving throw on a failed save they'll take 2d6 damage uh, and be pushed 15 feet away from you uh, on a successful save they just take 1d6 force damage and they're not pushed away uh, so this is gonna be a good one if you wanted to have a little extra dps and some cool control options too uh, with your unarmed strikes the next or last PHB class uh, is the Night Sister Order. Uh, so this is going to get you the Icor Lightning. Uh, so pretty cool with this one. If you wanted to have some ranged options with your monk, uh, it's going to allow you to strike from up to thirty feet away, uh, and you'll be able to uh, use your focus ability modifiers, whether that be Wisdom or Charisma, uh, for the damage and attack rolls. Uh, so another one, nice one too. If you just want to focus on one core stat. Uh, the damage for this is necrotic and kind of scales with your martial arts bonus, uh, your martial arts damage die. So pretty sweet there. And one thing I'll mention here too is with the orders is while they are tied to like certain things like the Crimson Order or the Night Sisters, feel free to flavor them however you like. You don't have to be a Night Sister if you play that. Uh, you could just flavor it as a monk who's just figured out how to strike using that style of lightning. So don't feel locked in with the character or the flavor for the archetype. Continuing on that to one of the, the first ones from expanded content, uh, the Ng-T Order. Uh, this is going to give you some force casting options. So if you wanted your monk to be a, kind of a Jedi or uh, just somebody that relies upon the force, this is a great way to do so. Uh, you'll be a third caster and get some pretty cool force abilities with it, uh, as well as uh, having uh, the phase strike ability at uh, level 6, be able to use that without having to spend any force points. Moving on from there, you get the gel... Jal Shea order, uh, which is going to be a good one if you wanted to have your monk be a little bit more scholarly. Uh, it gives you some extra proficiencies uh, in a language as well as a, a skill in lore, tech, or medicine. Uh, you also are able to, uh, when you kid a creature with an unarmed strike, you can learn something about them. Uh, so you can learn condition immunities, damage vulnerabilities, resistance, uh, kind of anything about them that you'd like. Uh, you can pick one of those items, uh, options they have in there. Uh, so this is great for monks, too, especially if you're going to be using Stunning Strike. You could find out before you waste a focus point if they're going to be immune to stunning. Uh, so you don't have to find out the hard way there. One of the other ones is the Kage Order, uh, which is going to be a cool one, uh, especially if you've got some uh, people with uh, dark vision on the party. Uh, basically, what you're able to do is conjure darkness. Uh, you have a number of devices equal to your wisdom or charisma modifier, uh, and you're able to uh, use one of your weapon attack or unarmed strikes to throw those devices out, uh, and you create a pocket of uh, darkness around uh, that about 10-foot radius sphere on the point that you threw it on. Uh, so this can be cool. You're able to kind of go in there, and uh, especially if you'll be able to see through it, so you can kind of 
confuse some of your enemies, or if you need to make a good escape, uh, get a little cover as well. Another cool one is the Kuzo Order. Uh, so this is kind of all about throwing weapons. Uh, basically, you'll gain uh, proficiency with this class with any viable weapons with the thrown property. Uh, they'll become monk weapons for you. Uh, nice thing, too, is you pick up the intercept ability. Uh, so uh, you've learned how to use throwing weapons to intercept projectiles traveling towards your ally. Uh, so if you do see somebody's about to be hit by a blaster bolt, you can spend your reaction uh, and then uh, roll 1d10 plus your dex mod plus your monk level. Uh, and hopefully uh, you can throw that knife or throw whatever you're using and deflect uh, whatever's being thrown at your party member. One of the last ones uh, is the trickster order. So this is kind of the, the drunken monk style one. Uh, at level three, you pick up uh, the bumbling technique. Uh, and basically what that'll allow you to do is kind of uh, mix some of your combat training with that of a dancer or jester. So you kind of have that little sway as you're moving. Uh, so whenever you make a performance check, uh, you're able to add in your wisdom modifier. Uh, you also learn how to twist and turn quickly. Uh, so uh, whenever you use a bonus action to make an unarmed strike, uh, you can't be hit by opportunity attacks, and your speed increases by 10 uh, until the end of your turn. Uh, so monks are already fast. This is going to make it faster. Uh, it makes so you don't have to worry about being hit by an opportunity attack as you got to move around the battlefield. The last one is the Will's Order. Uh, which is going to uh, allow you to get proficiency uh, in blaster pistols, rifles, ion blasters, uh, as well as uh, rifles in the lipo. So this is going to be a cool one uh, if you want to kind of have a little bit more of a ranged monk style. Uh, nice thing, too, is your Will's weapons count as uh, melee strikes for you. Uh, so uh, you're able to uh, deal uh, kinetic damage equal to your martial arts damage die when utilizing them. Uh, you could also... Uh, use them instead uh, for your martial arts bonus attacks or for action blows. Uh, so you just be able to use that blaster or whatever you're using instead of that. So if you want to stay at range, this is going to be great for you. Uh, and just gives you some cool options there too. Uh, nice thing too at level 6 is you get to use uh, ranged stunning strikes too. So pretty sweet there. Yeah, Will's. Uh, I've got a player as a Will's Monk and that's definitely a fun class. Uh, all all great options for the uh, archetypes for this class for sure. And I just kind of hit that point again that you mentioned about reflavoring this stuff. I think that's that's pretty important here, uh, you know. And you could really say that across the board uh, with all the classes and all the subclasses. Uh, you know, I think use the mechanics, but definitely flavor them how you want. So, but anyway, uh, great class there. Great overview on everything few more things to touch on before we wrap up the episode so uh tegan tell us uh some of the feats as uh, the suggestions that you would uh have for a monk background and then other feats and things uh, that you might take definitely so the backgrounds really this pretty flexible monks are pretty open with what you can take big thing to look for is a background feat there or something that's going to give you a little bit more flexibility so something that's going to boost your dexterity or wisdom or charisma because uh, with monks you've got a lot of stats to keep track of so i always recommend uh taking something that's going to help boost that uh if you don't want to do that one of the best feats you can or background feats you can take for a monk is alert uh because that's going to let you move up on that initiative order a little bit uh, and especially when you get stunning strike being able to move before that enemy goes and hopefully wrap them up with stuns uh, can really give you some cool options 
outside of that uh, for just traditional feats. So there's a couple good ones that fit. Um, mobile can be a really good one because uh, this gives you some more speed, uh, as well as anybody they attack with uh, attack against can no longer hit you for an opportunity attack. Uh, so this could be good if you're going to be kind of pacing up and down the battlefield. Um, I recommend checking out the fighting styles and masteries as one of the feats. Uh, there's some cool stuff that can add to your monk, uh, so you can really uh, give some additional options there. Uh, and one of my favorites for monks, and this is kind of a good one too if you're going to be using enhanced items, uh, check out Blade Specialist. It gives you a number of cool features, but the one of the nice pieces too is it enhances your crit range uh, to 19, so you'd hit crit on a 19 or 20. Monks get to make a ton of attacks, uh, so the more you can increase your crit range, the more likely you are to at least crit once in a turn. Uh, so blade specialist, uh, getting the keen items or weapons, uh, those can all be big things to really make sure your monks get the most they can. Nice, yeah, definitely some good options there. Uh, finally, for this, uh, multi-classing. I know a few times you mentioned that th there's so much that the monk has on their own that uh, it can be tough, but I'm sure there might be something here or there. What uh, would be your suggestions, if any, for multi-classing with the monk? And monks, uh, it's, uh, they're hard to multi-class, so it's one of those ones you want to take a look at it and just be be aware of something you're probably going to give up or delay. Uh, so with monks, I usually don't, I would say not to do more than one or two levels of multi-class, uh, and just really kind of time them out too, uh, because level five is a big level for monks. You get your extra attack, stunning strike, and move your uh, martial arts type to a D6. So I usually wouldn't say go, I wouldn't multi-class before level five unless you just have a really cool build you want to do. Uh, but even with level five, you want to make sure you still get invasion at a decent bit of time too. So just keep all that in mind when you're doing it. But one or two levels can definitely still add some cool flavor to it. Um, guardians with uh, some of the changes uh, can be a good one to go with. Uh, especially if you're doing a Wisdom Guardian or even Charisma, you can kind of align that with your Monk. And if you want your Monk to be a little bit more Force-flavored, as well as get a little extra damage from Force-enhanced strikes, uh, that's a great way to do that. Um, that's, so with that, you have to go up to level 2. If you wanted to, uh, depending on what your build is, you can go up to even level 3 with Guardian and get an Aura. But just really, once again, check your build and check to see what you're giving up or delaying if you do that. Fighters, always a good one. Action Surge with Monk can be crazy. Uh, especially after level 5, you can get up to 6 attacks in one round at uh, level 7. So that's some pretty sweet damage you can do. So that's always great, as well as a fighting style and some extra healing options. So Fighters, always a good one. Um, one that I've had and kind of thought about for a build I wanted to do, Engineer can be pretty sweet with one level if you take it. Uh hard part is it's a bit mad so you've got to worry about intelligence now on top of this uh but you get some great reaction powers by doing this so this would just be one to take one level in it uh but you can get some tech points and be able to spend them on doing like shields so if you're gonna get hit by something you can just throw up that shield and have it miss you or if you wanted to be just be able to hit people back when they hit you, you can take element of surprise uh and be able to kind of throw some uh, fire damage back if they hit you so this is what I've, I've thought of as the build i was playing around with uh it says it's a lot of stats dependent but if you have your intelligence at 13 you can multi-class in that uh and just get a little bit more utility with your monk too yeah very cool yeah thinking as a as an engineer player uh you know and, and i also i really do like the monk class uh i that's uh that's some good options there at the end for a multi-class so very cool all right well that is uh that is our uh, spotlight on the monk class uh, including some of our new changes so 
hopefully uh, anyone out there interested in playing this class or those that have been playing it, uh, this helps bring you up to speed on the new stuff and uh, gives you a layout on how this class works uh, for your future builds. Uh, beyond that, I don't think we have anything else today. So uh, just always thank everyone for your support, followers, uh, subscribers, and of course those Patreons. Uh, be sure to check us out, DungeonJediMasters.com, for all of our content, uh, our podcast here, our YouTube channel, our Twitch channels where we have live actual play, uh, our Instagram account where we post uh, custom NPCs and items and uh, plot hooks like that. And then, of course, our Patreon is there as well if you'd like to access that uh, custom content that we are providing. Thank you, everyone, of course, and we'll see you next time. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you.